0: Somebody said, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So good to be here today. Feel the presence of God and to know that he is alive and well. Hallelujah. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. I feel like I'm least in the kingdom, but I do appreciate the consideration for the baths, the local church, of course, the ministry that is here for this consideration, and uh, by God's grace, we'll give you something that will be a blessing to you. I feel kind of like the man that was riding in a nice car who had married a lady that had a lot of money, and uh, while they were riding down the road, she said, you know, if it wasn't for me and my money, this car wouldn't be here. They drove up in the driveway of the house and said, you know what? Honey, if it wasn't for me and my money, this house wouldn't be here. The man's getting a little perturbed, walks in the kitchen. She says, you know what? If it wasn't for me and my money, this groceries and this kitchen wouldn't be here. He's very mad. By now, walks in the living room, sits on the couch. She walks in there and said, honey, I just want you to know, if it wasn't for me and my money, this couch wouldn't be here. He's furious by then. He, said, look, he looked at her and said, you know what, woman? If it wasn't for your money, I wouldn't be here. Kind of feel that way today. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be here. Hallelujah. So I'm happy to be here in the house of God. Feel a good spirit. Appreciated Brother Mustaine's message last night. I certainly want to be saved when it's all over with, don't you? Amen. And Brother Trevino poured his heart out to us, giving us a touch of God through the Word of God, and I want to be on fire for God don't you hallelujah and I appreciate the change that was made so that I could be here I had previous considerations that um, surfaced and uh, brother Bass was so gracious to make that arrangement so I'm standing here in the place of brother Johnson today don't we look kinda like we buy our clothes at the same store though the big and the tall There, you can see him. We see eye to eye. (laughs) He's my friend. I love him very, very much. He means much to me. And uh, I thank God for good men. Good men. And uh, that's what the house of God is made up of, is good people. Praise God. Well, I would like to preach to you today, and I feel like God has given me a direction to go today, and uh, I read not long ago that they did a survey, and during the survey they gave 40 people a test, which 20 of them were to nod their head yes while they were answering the questions, and 20 were to nod their head no in answering the questions. and uh, of course the ones that were nodding their head yes did better on the test than the ones that were nodding their head no and to prove that it was not just a coincidence they switched and gave a new test and the ones that were shaking their head no suddenly now had to shake their head yes and finally they did better on the test by nodding their head yes The scripture said the promises of the Lord are yea and amen. If you just say yes to God, you'll do a whole lot better. You'll do a whole lot better. Hallelujah. Shaking your head no, and I don't believe that, and I don't want to do that. You'll always get worse on the test. But if you'll come on through it and say, God, I know you're in control. Your promises are yay and amen. Hallelujah. They're yes and amen. Somebody can say yes today. Oh, yes. Yes to God. Yes to God. Yes to God. Hallelujah. Well, let's look to the word of the Lord today. And I promise you, I will do my best to get you out of here in time for lunch. I don't have a wife to play and warn me that I got 30 minutes left, but I'll do my best to know when to quit. One man said, Lord, fill my mouth with worthwhile stuff and nudge me when I've said enough. And I'll do my best to give to you the heartbeat of God that he has dropped in my heart today. I want to be used of him today. If you have your Bibles, would you care to turn to the book of James, chapter 4, verse number 1. Verse number 1, chapter 4, the book of James, from whence come wars. Everybody say wars. And fightings among you, come they not, hence even of your lust that war, everybody say war, in your members. Ye you lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war. Yet ye have not because you ask not, ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye you adulterers, adulteresses, know ye not. That the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Everybody say enemy. Do you think that the scripture saith, In vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace? Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Now, I want to draw two words out of this passage of Scripture, one from verse number one, from whence come wars, and verse number four, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And I would like to preach to you for a little while this morning about wars and enemies. Wars and enemies. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Savior, we love you and thank you today. We ask you to help us as we once again endeavor to break the bread of life, uh, giving to us strength and encouragement, teaching us, O Lamb of God, where we are, uh, who we are, and where we're going. I ask you to help tonight uh, and give direction for your people, I pray, uh, in the name that is above every name, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to thank you for the hospitality, the generosity of your kindness, and the men of God that are here that I esteem very, very highly in my life. Brother Garrett has been a friend of mine for more years than I'm comfortable to discuss. Brother Bass has been a friend that I have met. Uh, some years ago, a few years ago, and I certainly love and respect him. And many of you, I can't stop, I must stop without naming names lest I forget somebody. But the rest of you men, I highly regard and respect you. And I thank God for the privilege to be here today and preach the word of God. <clears throat> for this is the greatest day of our lives. Yesterday is through, as has been stated already. And today we must live to our fullest and expect the greatest for tomorrow. Wars and enemies. We are in the thrust of war. And uh, some people don't understand our enemies. And I'm not so sure that we're going to solve the world's problems, and that's not where I'm going today as far as the political realm of war. But war is very, very expensive. It always has been expensive. World War II, it cost $200,000 per dead enemy. It cost a lot of money to have war. Vietnam War, it cost $500,000 per dead enemy. It's costly to have war but yet we are in the midst of one of the greatest struggles and wars of the church age i really believe that we are facing today one of the greatest challenges the church has ever faced the war that started in heaven a long time ago uh, and moved to earth has not stopped and will not stop until the final conquer of the king of the kings and the lord of lords hallelujah Much goes into a war. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but just briefly to let you know kind of where we're going there. They say, historians say, since they began to write history, that we've only had 288 years of peace in the world. There's been wars and rumors of wars, and and there has been a battle for preeminence forever. The, some of the great wars of the past and the struggles of, of religion involved in wars has been very common to all of you that have studied history more than myself and the sea piracy of the 1500s and early 1600s uh, and during that period of time with some great nations that evolved into world powers and the battle between The battle between Spain and England raged while the Pope of Rome on one side offering 600,000 gold crowns if you'll just invade England, the Queen of England, one of the, one of the bloody leaders of, of England, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, set out to defend her country and her religion There was a division of religion during those times and of course, you know well Church of England was founded and born out of that that dispute between Rome and England and, and the Pope of Rome decided to go to war against England and hired or promised the uh, King Philip the of Spain that if he would win the war that he give them 600 Uh, thousand crowns of gold and so they went to war and Spain of course brought their armadas out and 130 ships left the shores of Spain to attack England with some twenty seven thousand men of war, nineteen thousand that have specially been trained to grapple and fight and walk aboard broadwalked aboard another ship and take that ship over. And if you study a little bit about history, which I'm not a real historian, but some things in this is interesting that when the Spaniards were defeated they came back having lost fifty four of their hundred and thirty ships, and they came back with only 10,000 men that were all sick and wounded, and uh, of the 27,000 men that left, 10,000 of them came back, many of them were sick and wounded, and then England lost 60 men and no ships at all in that battle. And I say that to say this, the historian that I read, Will and Ariel Durant, and if you've read any history at all, they're probably one of the easiest writers to study history, but they say little things every once in a while, and this little quip, I marked it And uh, this is what Will Durant said concerning the close of that age in his history book. He said, these words, so wars, determine theology and philosophy. And the ability to kill and destroy is the prerequisite for the permission to live and to build. So I want to preach to you for a little while today about wars... And enemies. First of all, you have to know who your enemy is. And you have to know a little bit of strategy about war. This is the best book of war that I have ever seen. Hallelujah. From the very beginning, this book has told us who the winner is going to be. Hallelujah. I know whose side I'm on today. James talked about wars and he talked about enemies one translation on the fourth verse of the book of James chapter 4 said these words He said you are like unfaithful wives Having illicit love affairs with the world loving your husband's enemies If we're the bride of Christ And the Lord is going to marry the church I'm not going to have no illicit love affair with the husband's enemies. Hallelujah. The church is the most secure place in the world. You don't need to go looking for something outside the church. We're in the church. We don't make love with the world. We're not going to have an illicit affair with our husband to be our husband's enemies. The writer said you are like unfaithful wives having illicit love affairs with the world. Loving your husband's enemies. Breaking your marriage vows to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? Hallelujah. Now I'm going to preach in a minute. He went on to say the last phrase of that verse and he said these words. So whosoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. Hallelujah. Oh, let's preach a little while today. In the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse number 7, and there was war in heaven. This is where it all started. It didn't just start with you. You've been through a little trial, Brother Trevino. It didn't start with us. There's some some captains. There's some generals in our history uh, that have overcome in the battle. Hallelujah. And the war is yet to be won. But I'm going to be on the Lord's side. Hallelujah. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought his angels. Lucifer, Satan the dragon, the devil, and prevailed not. Can I tell you at the beginning of this lesson today, uh, it started out him losing. It's going to end up with him losing. Hallelujah. He has forgotten that he is not the superpower. Uh, He forgot that though he wanted to ascend, he will descend. Hallelujah. Let me read on. It prevailed not; neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying, in heaven now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God night and day. And they... It's talking about us now. The war had moved from heaven to earth. And he was cast down. And the Bible said they... That's me. That's you. They overcame him by the blood of the captain of their salvation. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Here we are in the midst of a war. And wars determine theology and philosophy, Will Durant said. And the ability to kill and to destroy is the prerequisite for the permission to live and to build. Doesn't the Bible tell us to mortify the deeds of the body, to kill the deeds of the body? We're involved in a great war today. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know why you're feeling the pressures of the world? There is a devil, the dragon, oh, Lucifer he has not got the picture yet he doesn't know what it is to run and hide his arrogance has taught him that he is going to overcome but his future tells us that he is cast down and will never climb his way up and somewhere We have to understand that wars determine philosophy and theology. And we have to understand the ability that we have to kill the deeds of this flesh and to fight off the war. We're not fighting a physical war. We don't go out to another church or another system or another failure and grasp a hold of them by the collar and tell them nothing or something. No sir, we have something better than that to fight with. We have the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Well, I feel the touch of the Lord in this place today. If wars determine theology and philosophy, then we have to recognize uh, that we are in a great war for our very existence. Right, Revelations went on in verse 12 of the 12th chapter to say, therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time to work. We are in the midst of one of the greatest wars we have ever seen in the church. It's not time for you to backslide. It's not time for you to give up truth. This theology came through the war. It didn't turn to philosophy. It is still truth. I said it's still truth. I don't care how many masses of people come. They're going to come by the new birth message or they're not going to be there. You can't receive the Holy Ghost without true repentance. Have a crowd, and you may have to, you may have a mass of an army, but we have the Gideons with a few that know how to turn to blind the enemies of the church. Hallelujah. This truth shall prevail. I said this truth shall prevail. The first battle in heaven, the first battle. The devil did not prevail. And there was no place found for them in heaven. Hallelujah. But let me just give you a little foresight to where I'm going. My name is already written there. I have a place already in heaven. And the devil is cast down, and he's trying his best to destroy the church. He's trying his best to destroy the doctrine. He, he's trying his best to destroy worship. He's trying his best to destroy the holiness of the church. He's trying to convince you by innuendo and fear and intimidation by which he could not, by threat of death, conquer the church. Oh yeah, his tool is death, but that didn't work at Calvary, did it? So you know what he's doing now? He's telling you young people, you're missing too much by staying in the church. He's not going to kill you today. But he's going to get you to act like the church is nothing. Hallelujah you know what the church is going through today it's going through a tremendous struggle yes we're battling yes we're fighting but let me promise you church we're gonna win it's all over for the devil it's all over for the world it's all over for flesh You can be seated. The war, the war moved from heaven to earth. The first few chapters of the book of Genesis, the words come resoundedly out of the book I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. But God's not going to turn away the bruised reed. Hallelujah. Because he said the word's following is a promise of ours. Thou shalt bruise his head. Hallelujah. I know where we're at today. I know where we're going. Praise God. The devil, all he can do is nip at our heel. But we can dance on his head. Because we know where we're going. Hallelujah. The battle of the firstborn started a long time ago. Moses and Pharaoh, Jacob and Esau. It happened a long time ago. The war never stopped. It moved from heaven to earth. And it hasn't stopped today. It moves from church to church, from family to family. But I'm here to tell you, uh, oh, hear me today. Whether you win the war or not depends on your ability to choose the right weapons. And choose the right leader. And overcome and make it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The battle of the firstborn. When Jacob and Esau wrestled not over Implements of war, but over places of position with God. And Jacob discounted it and said, it doesn't matter. It's not worth it. I'm going to die anyway. And he said, give me a bowl of pottage. Give me a momentary pleasure. Give me just something temporary and I'll give you everything in the future. (laughs) We're not going to give up a thing. I said, we're not going to give up a thing. We're in this for the long haul. We're here because we know we're going to win. Hallelujah. You can kill Jesus, devil, but you're not going to put him out. He willingly went to Calvary not to die, just and be left in a tomb. But he there conquered and overcame the flesh so that you and I can know that if we will kill the flesh and the desires of the flesh, we too can rise again in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We are the church of the firstborn. And the devil would like to take our place. He would like to ascend to the mountain of God. He said, I will do it, but God said, you're not gonna do it. I'm raising a church, and the church is gonna be the church of the firstborn. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hear me hear me. You may ascend to be the queen or king and there may be battles in your life. But let me remind you that God is the supreme leader and commander of our forces. And when we realize that God is in control of it all, we shall overcome. The old saying is you can take the country out of the boy, but you can't take the boy out of the country. You can take the boy out of the country, you can't take the country out of the boy. It's so true with the church. You can take people out of the church, uh, but you'll never take the church out of us, uh, God's people. This is what we love. This is where we're at today because we love this. Colossians 1 and 18 said, And He is the head of the body, the church, uh, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. What are we here for today? We're here to put Jesus on the throne. We're here to I'll worship Him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, we're here to let Him know that we love Him. Hallelujah. We're in the greatest war of our existence. We should be the oppressors, not the oppressed. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. We should be the oppressors, not the oppressed. When you come to the house of God and you're down and it seems like you can't get up, I'll tell you how you get up. You get up by lifting up your hands. Hallelujah. Raising your hands to God and worshiping your way through the victory. There's no power like the power of the Holy Ghost. It'll come, overcome every obstacle. It'll overcome every temptation. It'll overcome every defeat. It'll pick you up when you're down. It'll give you joy when you're discouraged. It'll give you peace when you're troubled. I'm telling you, we have the conquering spirit. We have something better than the world has. Come on, church. We're in a great war. Yes, we
1: are. But we're the
0: winners. And we know who the winner's going to (laughs) be. Abraham Lincoln, some of his famous quotes, you all know very well, but he said, Now we're engaged in a great civil war, testing whether this nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure paraphrased, we are now engaged in a great cultural war testing whether this church or any church so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. Can I just tell you that in this war, the church is going to survive. And before I'm through today, I want you to have made up your mind that it doesn't matter whether you were wounded in the past or not, you're coming back to the front lines and we're going to win this war. The church is going to survive. The church is going to win. The church is going to overcome. I don't care what Hollywood puts out. I don't care what technology puts out. I don't care what corporations put out. This church is going to survive. We are on the winning side.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Now let's start preaching a little bit. The Apostle Peter wrote these words in chapter 2, verse 11, "Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. abstain from fleshly lust that war against the soul. You think we're preaching church standards uh, because we just want to say something hard. I'm sorry. The only way the devil can get to your soul is through your flesh.
1: And the Bible
0: said, abstain from fleshly lust that war against the soul. You know why we have survived? Because we have more than a fleshly truth or a fleshly structure or a fleshly organization or a fleshly church. We have a spiritual house. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And you know why the devil is losing? Because he doesn't know and understand that we have something on the inside of us that's better than he has in the world. They're not satisfied with the best of movies. They're not satisfied with the best of drunken places to harbor their little old honky-tonk attitude. They're never satisfied with that. They're not as satisfied with their playboys. It's getting more vile and more corrupt all the time. And i tell you what the aim of that enemy is. He's after your soul. He don't care if God heals you or not. He doesn't care if you come to church or not. He's after your soul. He don't care where your body goes or doesn't go necessarily. He's after your soul. Who oh, I want to preach to you today. The writers that abstain from these things uh, that are warring uh, against your soul. Uh, I, I, James identified the adulterers uh, and adulteresses. uh, Honey, all that the world has is wrapped up in a sexual, goofy situation of... Situation ethics. Trying to destroy our young people with a momentary pleasure. Trying to satisfy this generation with an illicit affair with our enemy. hallelujah. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's still right to be virtuous in this generation. It's still right to be holy in this generation. It's still right to be godly in this generation. If you feed yourself with the media of our world, it'll drown out the victory of heaven. If you feed yourself with the technology of this day and forget about the God of heaven, you're going to lose everything. Somewhere, you have to understand that the preaching from the pulpit is not against things. Come on. Come on its armor against that which would penetrate your flesh to get at your soul. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. It's the devil's plan for death. And he's not so much interested in natural death as he is your spiritual death. Oh, hallelujah. We're in this war today. We're in this war because the devil knows that your soul is at stake. You know why it's not good just to listen to Christian singing and music alone? Don't get scared. There has to be more than just listening to preaching. You have to put some things on. You have to put some things on. You can backslide in the house. Three parables were given to us. Number one, the parable of the lost sheep. The shepherd left the 99 and went and found the one. He wasn't in the house. He wasn't in the herd. He was outside. When he found him, he was on a cliff, no doubt. Stranded because he picked him up. He may have even been injured and wounded, but he picked him up and he carried him back to the fold. There's some people won't come back with the shepherd. The second one was the parable of the lost coin. They were in the house. You can sit in the house and be lost. Unfound. Untouched. Unmoved. I'm preaching to you. We're in a war against our soul. We're not just taking a body count. We're not just counting you because you're in the house. We may not know where you are, but we're gonna find you and preaching is gonna dig you out. We're gonna turn the house upside down and we're gonna preach and sing and worship until and God's Spirit finds you where you are
1: in the house!
0: But then he said, the third one said, give me what I have coming. I'm out of here. I'm gone. The shepherd didn't go to find him. The daddy didn't go to reach for him. But daddy stayed right. The house stayed intact. The house didn't let down so the son could come back in his rebellious attitude. The house didn't let down the standard of the home so the rebellious boy could come back. I'm telling you, church, we're in a culture of war. But I'm telling you, when it's all over with, we will have won the war. Hallelujah two young people follow a backslider out and fight against your pastor when he says don't talk to them don't walk with them, don't live with them don't go around them understand they have to wake up they have to know that it's better at daddy's house and that means that somebody has to stay here and keep the house somebody has to stay here and keep the house hallelujah Some little time ago, we had a man that was in the leadership of our church. This is our 60th year in the Bakersfield church. 60 years. I don't know what all good that we have done through the years, but we've done the little good. God will be the judge of it all. The other day was a man in our altar who had been backslid for 32 years. When you talk to his mother his mother would say pray i think he's coming home we couldn't go to where he was we couldn't go to the racetrack where he spent his time we couldn't go to where there was an involvement in the world we had to keep home right when the sick and the wounded come home, we have to have the proper medication and the proper sterile room that is right to take care of the infections of the world that they picked up while they're out there. Hallelujah. We're going to turn the house upside down, but we're not going to go out to the world and try to bring the world into the church so some backslider can feel comfortable in coming home. Doctors cannot be the wounded of the field. They have to be healthy and alert and ready to tend to the sick when they come home. There is a wounded people out there. Yes, there is. There are sick out there. Yes, there are. But there has to be a church that has the right medication. Hallelujah. Oh, well, hallelujah. I want to preach to you a little while tonight. This church is not sick and dying. This church is not going the wrong direction. This church is standing against the world. We have something better than the world. Hello, you can be seated. We are not changing. Oh, we may change a little. I notice you got some of these newfangled drums up here. It sounds pretty good to sit close to these drums. Because they put the sound out there. We're not going charismatic just because we have new technology here. It really does help you a little bit and helps me too if I'm sitting too close. You know what I'm saying. That doesn't mean we're going charismatic. When we start changing the doctrine, then we'll go charismatic. But we start bringing in those that don't believe this truth... where you stand on this and I may get shot down. But you know what's wrong with America today? We brought too many enemies of our Constitution into America. Hey, if you want to come to America, you need to fall in love with America. You need to fall in love with the Constitution of America. You need to fall in love with the principles that have made this country great. Love it. Fall in love with it. And stand for it. And fight for it. Oh, hallelujah. Now, when they come into the church, they need to fall in love with our leader. They need to fall in love with our Constitution. They need to fall in love with our church. Well, we didn't do that in the first church of the 50 there. I'm sorry. What the first church of the French Air does? We're hot and burning, and our wick is in the in the lamp, and we're gonna burn in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! You're gonna love what God loves if you're gonna be here.
1: I said you're gonna love what God loves if you're here.
0: Hallelujah! So wars theology and philosophy. And the ability to kill and destroy is a prerequisite for the permission to live and to build. If we're going to build a church, there's some spirits we have to kill. There's some attitudes that we have to kill. I'm not talking about being ugly. You preachers understand what I'm saying. We speak the truth in love. We love you more than the devil loves you. We love you more than Hollywood loves you. We love you more than corporations Love you. We love you more than America loves you. God loves you enough that He said, I'm going to Calvary to die. And one casualty saved the entire world. <laughs> oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. He's not willing that any perish. You know, when you die in this war, it's your choice. Oh, yeah. You can't blame this on the devil. You stood up in the foxhole and tried to run towards the enemy camp to surrender and he got you. But I promise you, if you'll stand with the commander-in-chief of this church. Uh, he'll get you through the other side. You may have a pure, purple heart. You may have a wound in your life, uh, but you're going to live. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, you're going to live. He said, I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you for a little while, just my my, my my just a little while. You know why I'm so desperate in this day? My church is not at stake. I have a nice building. I thank God for it. My debt is low. I thank God for it. I thank God for everything He has given me. Uh, but I don't care one thing about that building. I'm more interested in my soul than I am that building. My soul is at stake in this thing. Uh, hallelujah. If I can't pay it off, uh, I'm going to have church somewhere. When the prodigal recognized that he had left the church he, where he had left hope, he made a church outside in the farmyard where the hogs were and said, Hey, hogs, so long. I'm giving you a permanent wave. I'm out of here. He didn't bring the hogs home to daddy. He said so. Don't you fight your pastor when he's keeping the church strong. Don't fight your church when they're trying to keep holiness intact. That'll bring a war and casually to you. <laughs> Dr. Laura is well-respected in some circles and despised in others. And she told the story one time about the lady that had been very promiscuous, played the field, married a man in an ex- expected condition, and the man thought it was his child. They married, and the man accepted the child as his, till suddenly the child developed characteristics. And they recognized traits that resembled its father. Not everything that says they're born again are born again. That's why we need a pastor in the church. See, this war is a war against our soul. Hallelujah. I've had my problems with musicians. I've had my problems with deacons on the board. I've had my problems with people in the church. I'm not throwing up my hands and saying the church is not any good. I'm saying the church is what purged them out and we're still the church. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got some lost loved ones. I've got some unsaved loved ones and I've got some unloved saved ones. Nobody is going to take this truth from me, brother Veres. Nobody is going to take this Holy Ghost from me. Hallelujah. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God put this Bible in the hands of a Trinitarian and they'll look for a scripture to substantiate their doctrine. Put this weapon in the hands of the church and they'll take it and use it for the glory of God, understanding who the leader of our salvation is. Hallelujah. I'm not here to substantiate my doctrine. I'm here to establish his doctrine. I'm here to preach his truth. I'm here to establish what he gave to us. Come on, church. We're on the winning side. We have the right badge. We have the right uniform. We know who our leader is. Our wick is in the candle. The reason we don't recognize the battle sometimes is that we fail to recognize that the devil has to get through our flesh to get to our soul. He don't know how to deal with the soul. That's not his territory. But if he can get through our flesh, that's why the Scripture said, abstain from fleshly lust. That war against the soul. And when you make your stand as a friend of the world, you are choosing to be an enemy of God. You have to make up your mind that what the pastor is saying, what the church is saying, what God is saying, is trying to protect your soul.
1: Hallelujah.
0: I did not choose this war. I was drafted into it with the bass. I didn't have the sense to join up. I didn't have the courage to join up. But thank God he chose me. He scooped me out of a world of sin. He picked me up. He dressed me in his uniform. He put the weapons in my hand and taught me how to use them.) Somebody said, and I like it. They said the greatest tool or weapon in the hand of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. I'm talking about wars and enemies. You know, what we're doing in Iraq right now. Well, we're dropping a few little bombs in certain areas, but we're dropping leaflets like crazy. You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to get the mind of the oppressed. Because if we can get the mind of the oppressed... The greatest tool in the hand of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. Does not my Bible tell me? And hear it well. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The devil can't get you till he gets your mind. And if you have the mind of Christ, you have in your arsenal all the weapons of God's storehouse to win the war. Well, hallelujah. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Don't let the devil get you in a hammerlock. You have more power than you think. God wants you saved more than you want to be saved. The church wants you in the church more than you want to be in the church. Come on, tell the devil to go on out of here. He doesn't have anything that will last. Everything he has is going to burn up. And we're going to walk on streets of gold. Hallelujah. And I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse and he that sat upon him was called... Faithful and true. Has God ever disappointed you? Has he ever let you down? Oh yeah, he didn't heal my mama. He didn't heal my boy. Honey, he took them to a better place and probably saved them from a whole lot of sin and guilt and sorrow. Don't charge God for that. It's not over when we die. I'm not being arrogant. I'm trying to help you understand. We sometimes charge God foolishly. If He takes somebody out of this war and puts them in retirement, He knows what He's doing. Oh, yes, He does. Oh, yes, He does. I thank God for our elders. And I don't want one of our elders to leave the scene. I rely upon them. But I'm getting to the age where I also understand my elder. It's getting older. And somebody's got to come along and stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Because we're not going to lose the war. There is a place prepared. We're not going to lose the war. He was called faithful and true. And in righteousness He doth judge and make War. Oh, I like this. You know, when I have the Holy Ghost, I don't have to fight a whole lot. I just gotta keep the Holy Ghost. Cause He's gonna fight for me. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, the, the devil can't penetrate your armor. You have weapons stronger than He has. Hear me. Hear me, so wars determine philosophy and theology. If you'll keep God on the inside of you, you don't have to fight yourself. He'll fight for you. You just keep him there. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Hallelujah. One of the weapons of warfare is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Did not the psalmist give to us one of the most powerful scriptures of, thy word? Have I hid in my heart that I might not lose my soul that I might not sin against thee. This war is a war of your soul, my friend. You won't get it by dressing up or dressing down. You're going to get it by hiding the Word of God in your heart and you're going to stand because you have a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, a breastplate of righteousness, a sword of the Spirit. Feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of
1: peace.
0: You know, what? we're here today. We're getting some armor. You're going to go home and fight the war better than you came. You're going to go home more excited to be a winner than when you came. Hallelujah. This is just a little R&R in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And his name was the word of God. I was driving down the road one day, my, my daughter was driving, she's just 16 years of age then. I was driving on the road in Texas and it was a fairly new car and I have to have, I have, to have large cars, I can't have small cars. And so she was driving and she had on cruise control and and a uh, fly... Let me, let me preach just a little bit let me preach if that's God he'll come back in a minute he's here let me preach just a minute the fly got in the car and she started swatting that fly and went off to the shoulder and lost control the car started fishtailing I tried very calmly to tell her, take it off a of cruise control, tap the brake.
1: Yes.
0: Instead, she put everything in the brake. Locked that car up and we slid for three hundred yards or better sideways. And I'm sitting in the passenger's road watching side watching the road go underneath my feet. And suddenly, I saw the middle line going underneath my feet, and uh, and we prayed. And that car came to a stop. I was expecting it to flip any minute. Yeah. And that car came to a stop. My daughter was talking in tongues, and I had stammering lips myself. <laughs> Can I tell you, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and is safe. The name of the Lord. And his name shall be called the word of God. I believe God took his hand and set it on top of that car. You can believe whatever you want. It was a big car. It wouldn't have happened. I'm telling you, God put his hand on the top of that car. Because when we started moving, we were going, and I had to stop by two new tires because it had flattened the tires on that side but did not roll over. Hallelujah. I want you to know when you are in this army, the captain of our salvation takes care of his recruits. Hallelujah. We bought two new tires and went on our way rejoicing. Because God had done something. Let me tell you, the name of the Lord is the Word of God. If you'll trust in the promises of God's Word, they're yea and they're amen. When it looks like adversity is against you, keep nodding your head yes. Just keep promising to stay with the promises of God. It's a whole lot better than doubt and confusion. Oh, hallelujah. You know what the devil's economy is? You know everything that he has is built upon? It's built upon doubt. Everything's built on doubt. But everything God has is built upon faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, The evidence of things not seen. His name is the Word of God. You stand on the Word of God, you'll come out of every battle, every war, every skirmish, and you'll win. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will win. You talk about imaginations... Our weapons know how to cast down imaginations. Hallelujah. Forgive me for saying this, but I'm going to repeat. I worked with a young man that has some type of problem. One of our young ladies backslid went out of the world, married him, brought him back to us. In that condition, I tried to save the marriage. tried to make it work. Still trying. Monday before I left home on my message machine was these words you're not worthy of being a pastor go to hell you know where that told me where he came from and who his leader was his source of inspiration came from hell that's where he thought the answers of life was I'm sorry friend Our headquarters is not in hell. Our headquarters is in heaven. Hallelujah. From the pits of hell, frog-like spirits can come. Enemies that look like grasshoppers can come. And all kinds of things like locusts can come. But my God is still the commander-in-chief. Hallelujah. And we're going to win the war. You can be seated. I'll try to start landing this I was preaching one time and and in preaching I I said man I don't even know where to land this and somebody in the audience stood up and said crash land it preacher (laughs) I'm going to land this in a little bit but hang on this war is against our soul this war is against our soul and when you understand that you will then begin to abstain from some things uh, that doesn't help you win the war the scripture said these words he restoreth my soul you know why I came to this meeting I was tired I really was I was fighting some things in the spirit I'm not the only one. Come on, amen. Come on. We all have fought some battles and fought some wars. But I came that my soul would be restored. Hallelujah. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth and I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned into my own bosom. You want to be refreshed? Pray. It'll come back to you. It came back to my own bosom. The writer of the book of Psalms said, There's a heart penneth after the water brook. So penneth my soul. Don't come here to get your flesh satisfied. Don't come here to have your ears tickled. Don't come here to laugh your way out into the next session. Come here for your soul's sake. Come here for your soul's sake. But we are not of them that draw back into perdition, one writer said. But we are of them that believe to the saving of our soul. You're in a war right now. You don't feel like rejoicing. That's all right. Just say, thank you, Jesus. I'm standing. And after you've done all the stand, stand. We're not of them that turn around and tuck tail and run. We're not of them that doesn't stand up and fight. We're not of them that have the courage of a mouse and turns around and retreats? No, sir. If we stop, we're only standing. Don't challenge us, devil. We're going to win. for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places Uh, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day and having done all to stand stand Sunday night wasn't the blowout service preacher cross town They're blowing it out. Hang around long enough, you'll see it blow up. Get in your own church and make it happen. Stand up and let the devil know whose side you're on. This is my church. This is my pastor. This is where I got the Holy Ghost. This is where I come to worship. This is my altar. This is where I hear the word of God. From this pulpit, I'm standing. I'm standing. Rejoicing will come in the morning. Oh, hallelujah. I did not choose this war, and I'm quitting. If anybody wants to sing and give me 30 minutes to quit, I'll do it. I accept it. I didn't choose this war. But Jude told me to earnestly contend. And I'm going to fight for this truth. We have the best doctrine, easy to understand, easy to preach. Why confuse it with trying to add two more persons when God doesn't need anybody but himself? He did it alone and by himself. Oh, Hallelujah! You, you know I could go a long ways there. Oh. Forgive me, I'm just cutting up. You know that, don't you? <laughs> hallelujah! Didn't live for God, fun. Didn't live for God, fun. Yeah. We're in the midst of one of the biggest battles we've ever been in as a church the world over. It's still fun to live for God. It's still exciting to be in the house of God. It's still fun to worship God. It's still exciting to hear preaching. We're here because we know who our captain is. Listen to this. And his eyes were a flame of fire and his head were many crowns uh, and he had a name that no man knew. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. And I'm going to try to quit with this, but listen. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword with that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, And Lord of Lords. You know why it's King of Kings? There has not been a king that could withstand him. There's not a king that whipped him. There's not a king that won a war against him. You know why he's the Lord of Lords? There is no commander, there is no deity. There is no strategist of war that has ever conquered Jesus Christ. Oh, send some soldiers over there because there's word that he's coming out of that grave and we know that they're just going to put it in the headlines and boast about it and take his body off somewhere and hide it and he'll be dead like everybody else. So put some soldiers there. They forgot who the Lord of Lords is. And those old soldiers that were supposed to be guarding a body forgot that a body is only a body. And there's a spirit and a soul somewhere else. You see, the devil forgets that on the inside of us is a spirit and a soul. And all he deals with is is the body. That's all he can tantalize you with. You'll never be happy watching movies. You'll never be happy drinking booze. You'll never be happy taking drugs. You'll never be happy having illicit love affairs. You'll never be happy with the things of the world. But you will be happy living for Jesus. Blessed, blessed. Blessed. We're right in that last final triumphant challenge, and we know the enemy is approaching for his final day. And all the armies in heaven are coming with the Lord, and we're standing reinforcements on the way. We're in the trenches, the battle is raging, our enemy is defeated. And the armies of heaven are with us. Don't tell me you've been through something you can't handle. I've been through a thing or two myself. But the Bible said the angels of the Lord encamp around them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: And the armies of heaven came with him.
0: The angels of the Lord encamp around them to fear Him. What are we going to sing? I want to fear Him. I want to live for Him. I want His Spirit in me. I want truth on the inward part. Sing. I
1: will not accept